0: to Cup of Cubby Blue, You're, the Cubs got destroyed by the Baltimore Orioles, who are definitively the worst team in the AL East, and are about to go face the best team in the AL East, home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I am Sarah Sanchez, I write about the Cubs, and why StubHub randomly decided it's a solid business decision to make their app unusable at Bleed Cubby Blue, and as always, I am joined by my co-host and friend, Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny?
1: Uh, it's going, <laughs> I mean, we only got the one game to talk about, but, uh, the, since we last spoke, I can say at least we only lost one game and that was a long time ago. So I <laughs> one game, game in three some...
0: days, we only lost one game in three yeah, days. <laughs> not bad.
1: I mean, that's pretty good under, under normal circumstances in a baseball season.
0: Totally. Cause normally you would play multiple games at that time. I don't know. I'm glad they got a couple days to reset like it's probably going to second august when they have some stretch of like 25 games in a row or whatever but who
1: knows who will be on the team then so we just we at, just have to kind of ride this wave
0: at this moment in time after that like mega week plus between the White Sox games and the Cardinals games and the Brewers doubleheader and the Cardinals doubleheader. It's like give the bullpen a couple of days off. Kyle Hendricks, it looks like, is getting like a month off. Like, we're going to talk about that too. There's a lot to talk about, Cubs fans, including the Cubs and Wilson Contreras avoiding arbitration. We're just going to jump right into it. But before we jump in to the Orioles, uh, the Orioles game, the one game, uh, Danny, I saw this StubHub thing first on, your twitter feed, my article that should be dropping on it later today actually opens with your initial tweets about this. And oh, I, no. just th- I just want to lay <laughs> I just want to lay this out for people a little bit because a lot of Cubs fans and a lot of locals in Wrigleyville have been using StubHub almost exclusively for a season and a half now because it is never cheaper to go to the Cubs box office than it is to just get your tickets on StubHub. And their app is quite literally was unusable from Tuesday to Thursday. They pulled every MLB game off of it while they tried to fix whatever they thought they were fixing in their update. They took a perfectly usable app and made it unusable, in my opinion. Danny, what is going on here?
1: Well, I mean, there's I could have a conspiracy theory about it, which is MLB said enough is enough we're sick of being undersold uh and i mean season ticket holders are mad about it too because they're selling their tickets at a fraction of the the cost that you can buy at the box office and uh that they bought them for so they're everybody's taking a bath right now and i i think and i've often thought that there'd be a shakeout of at some point of season ticket holders um And because the teams want control of their tickets, that's a license to them. A ticket license um, is how they sell it to season ticket holders. And I think they just, well, it's obviously what they did. They bought all the tickets in Terrace Reserved on the same day that the Cubs also released a deal saying Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays in Terrace Reserved, we're going to sell you a ticket for $40, which you know as well as I know there's those are going for like 20
0: half of that going for like
1: eight
0: (laughs) or or less if you want a single ticket in Terrace Reserve it's going for like eight
1: right so they're taking yeah exactly and so they're they're taking those so
0: like 11 12 13 but you know what I mean
1: so they're taking those seats and they took them back now I don't know if they bought them all and just, just every ticket on StubHub or they have some deal with StubHub which I know they already do in which they were we're able to tell StubHub, this is what you're doing. But it's obvious to me, 4,000 tickets disappeared overnight uh, for every Cubs game. They're usually about four to 5,000 tickets available on the what I call the float. Uh, they were, four-fifths of them were gone overnight. Now, th- some of them have come back online seemingly 100 at a time, but it's way different than it was You can't choose seat numbers anymore, uh, which is very important at Wrigley Fields, especially if anything behind row eight in that section that's gone, Terrace Reserved.
0: Because of the polls, right? There's polls in that section, and the polls start at about row six. So if you're in row seven or up, then you run the risk of having a literal poll in in your way uh, blocking the the view of of the game.
1: Right. And so the side of the row that you're on matters a lot. And uh, that's the same as true up in the 400 level. because uh, there are great seats in the cheap seats, but you got to know which ones they are. And so season ticket holders know that stuff. That's why they chose the seats they have. But yeah, there's something, I don't haven't pieced it together. what's going on? Uh, a friend of mine, Jack said it's possible that uh, the brokers, they only want to tell you what row you're getting. And then when they can get the and they lock you in for a higher price and then they deliver a ticket on game day that's a different ticket than the one they might have not have even had a ticket. They might be selling a ticket that doesn't exist to you, just the promise of a ticket. So I think you're going to see more problems down the line. It's something that we're going to watch, but shady dealings, no doubt about it, and and it's opaque. The whole situation is opaque. You can't even and you look up Cubs on the StubHub website, you get Sox games. You get Brewers games. You get all sorts of stuff. Like, it's not even showing you what you want anymore. You have to choose by section. Um, man, it's I don't know what's going on, Sarah. Like, sorry, I just went on a little bit of a <laughs> diatribe. No, it's but it's something I've been thinking about um, for a few days now. And it's like, I, I mean, do you want us to hate you? And hate your team? Like, we were coming. We were using this app. And they just took it away from us like overnight. So now I'm just kind of like, do I even go to Cubs games anymore? Like it just got double priced. The beer is 13 bucks. I think I might sit the rest of this garbage season out, you know, like what are they doing?
0: Well, a couple of things also that I want to know about, I, I'm, I'm going to still give them the benefit of the doubt. And rather than thinking that it's like a Conspiracy th- and, and, and I, I don't have any reason to doubt you. Like I I agree with you. A bunch of games disappeared, a bunch of weird stuff happened. That's why. Um, if you look on Twitter and you do some searching on this, and I'll have all of this in my article later. So by the time you hear this podcast, you can probably just go to my article and, and get a get a rundown on this. But they sent a note to anyone who had had tickets out on StubHub for any games that were happening June 6th through June 9th. And they were like, all MLB games have been pulled for any fans at any games during those periods, which meant that if you had like, I don't know, four tickets that you were trying to sell to a Yankees game last night, those got pulled. Like they just were like, inexplic- they were no longer available. They were not something that could be bought by people. People took a bath. Like if you had tickets that you thought you were going to sell for a few hundred dollars, maybe it, you had like really expensive seats for a Yankees game or a Red Sox game or something like that. And you thought you were going to get like $1,200 for those. They just got pulled. And Subhub did not compensate people or do anything for it all MLB games due to whatever update they did got yanked back for that three day period. I am looking to see what happens today because that three day period is over and theoretically you should be able to buy tickets again as of today, but it's wild. And as Danny noted, you don't have seat number information anymore, which is super important, but in some of those sections for some of those tickets, you didn't have row information either. And so what was really weird when I went on to look at some of the Cubs tickets that might be available for the Padre series, which starts next week, I think it starts on June 13th, you could see one ticket for section 202 would say like outfield, terrace, reserved, whatever, row six. Like it would tell you the row. It wouldn't tell you the ticket, but it would tell you the row and it would tell you what the seat level you were getting is, Right. And then you would scroll about 15 tickets and you would just see 202, nothing else, no information, no row number. Like there's 25 yeah. rows in section 202. The difference between getting row one and row 22 is pretty big. Like the, the the And row one isn't even the best in those sections because there's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of foot traffic back and forth on the concourse. And so you, row two, three, four is better than row one in those sections, but they weren't even giving you that information. The filtering system is all off. So there used to be a filter system on StubHub where you could filter by my favorite was best value because best value would show you the ticket that was marked down the most from its face value. Face, yeah. So you could see, and and as a person getting single tickets, that's really great for me because I'm like, I don't really care that much where I sit. I'm trying to get into the ballpark. There are some places I like to sit because I like the views and the sight lines there. And I keep score and I don't really want foul balls coming at my head every 10 minutes, trying as I'm trying to like write down that was a fielder's choice, blah, 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 blah. Like I I like being able to just sit there and watch the game. And so anyway, the information was radically different depending on the section. It was not like it used to be where you could click and see, oh yes, I'm going. You know, I did this the other day for Caleb Killian's debut. You were standing right there while I did it. You told me that you thought you you heard a rumor that he was going to start the night game. I was like, oh, that sounds sick. I look up the night game. I immediately find a seat in section 210. I see where the seats are. I'm like, oh, yep, row three, seat seven or eight. That's great. I got it. I'm in, right? Like, it took me a minute and a half. I did it while I was sitting there talking to Danny and Bleacher Jeff at Ball Hot Corner, and I was done. And that is no longer the case. It is not a thing you you can't filter like that anymore. Now, admittedly, there are some interesting filters that they've added. I don't know how they work or how they could possibly work if there are not seat numbers there. One of those filters is like, do you want an aisle seat? Aisle, yeah. I don't know if I want an aisle seat at Wrigley because some of those aisles are aisles that are directed towards the field, which means it's an obstructed view. And others of those aisles are aisles that are directed away from the field, which means it's not an obstructed view. Like, yeah. Give me more information. For
1: example, those of us in the know know that if you're in left field, maybe you want a lower seat number versus a higher seat number so you don't have vendors walking in front of you the entire game. And so you want to be on the other side of the row, and then you have a better view. And in right field, it's the opposite. You want a higher numbered seat. Well, now you can't tell that stuff. The other thing about the not knowing the seat numbers thing is a lot of times what I would do with my family uh, my mother can't walk very well, and she certainly can't do stairs. So uh, what we do to have an affordable ticket to Wrigley Field, which uh, is to go up the left field elevator and sit in the 10th row of the upper deck box in the outfield or midfield so that it's a very short walk to the field and get down into the 10th row of those seats. Well, the Cubs actually... they're they won't even allow you to pick your own, uh, own seat. Like it may at the box office. If you went up to them and said, could I have row 10? You know, I need row 10 for my mom because this is the only way this is going to work. She's not in a wheelchair. So we're not going to send the wheelchair section, but we need a 10th uh, row seat. Well, then my cousin wants to go to the game because they're in town. Okay. So I'm going to get this 10th row seat, but there are no seats right next to it. I can only get these two seats for two of us. Well, guess what? There's a, row nine and just like two offset. Cause I know the seat numbers. I got seats one and two, and I've got seats three and four in the next row down. Guess what? We're all going to the game together. Well, that makes this impossible. So now I am stuck going to the Cubs and saying, okay, uh, now I need eight tickets and I'm buying group tickets and it's 80 bucks a piece. And I'm stuck buying it from you to get the seat I want. Well, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. I had it done a, a different way. So you're just taking it away from me. So I am forced to pay the Cubs. Now I'm not going to do that, especially this year, because it's not going to be packed in there on the day we're going this year, which is a Tuesday in a day game. So I'm just going to get a bunch of seats in that section. And I'm going to talk to other Cub fans while I'm there. And I'm going to, we're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? We're going to kind of sit together, eight of us, but they took, they took away that that uh, transparency of buying tickets which it's just not fan friendly it's not consumer friendly at all and you know it, it's like oh I, i'm going to go buy a car and uh, well we'll give you a good car don't worry about it i mean it's become like priceline oh it's a three star hotel it's like uh-huh and, and like if you read the reviews it has bed bugs you know and i oh i got a deal no you didn't so this is just some some i mean for 4000 tickets to disappear overnight and then not even come back For them to have the information of how many tickets were even available for the game on their service. And now that information has largely gone away on the website. I can't find it on the app. You can still find it pointed out by my tie guy is that you have to if I don't know. We probably have a lot of StubHub users listening to this show. So I'll just say kind of how you do it. You have to go to filters then. And then you could see how many tickets there are available. So there's 1,200 tickets available for Monday against the Padres, for example. That number, I know for a fact, was over 5,000 before this whole shakeout happened. So it's just, how could you not have a conspiracy theory that the Cubs are involved or MLB I, is involved? The,
0: it, I don't think it's the Cubs. Like, it truly is a crossed MLB. And as I was researching for my story, that was the thing that jumped out at me. I mean, there was a Chicago White Sox fan who literally just gave his tickets away. He's like, StubHub pulled my seats, so I can't sell them anymore. Hmm. Somebody tell me the best joke that you've got, and I'll, I'll, give you the seats that I have to this game. Like there was a Mets fan who was super cranky about the fact that they had been trying to get games for tickets for a game and they, and they all of a sudden couldn't, they pulled them. Um, There was another, I think this was a Cubs fan actually who posted the letter that like the, that StubHub sent to all ML, all people who had MLB listings saying for three days, they're just going to be gone because our update messed up. Right? Like that is, that's a lot. Think of the revenue, Like, if you imagine there's 4,000 tickets randomly, normally, for a Cubs game, for sale, that's 12,000 tickets that just didn't get sold, that people just had to, like, eat the cost of because StubHub was like, whoops, our bad. And if you had tickets for that, like, sixth or seventh day, like, sorry, you're probably not going to have time to relist them on Vivid Seats or SeatGeek or one of those other resellers, right? And I talked to a friend of the show, Patrick McCarron. Uh, who used to be a season ticket holder with the Cubs, he is not a season ticket holder anymore. He canceled his season tickets this year, probably. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say why he Yeah, that's, canceled a his that's a whole other conversation. That's yeah. a whole other conversation. But, you know, he was saying it used to be so much easier for season ticket holders to just list their seats on StubHub because of that partnership with MLB. It was very easy for them to list there, whereas opposed to a place like Vivid Seats or SeatGeek or one of those other buyers they would have to do a lot of uploading and downloading and verifying and there's just like a lot of extra steps and so StubHub and MLB's partnership made it easy. I don't know that that's going to be true going forward. Now it could be like the least conspiratorial version of this story would be that they just did an update. The update has a lot of bugs. They got rid of some of the things that were great and they're going to have to work it out over the series of the next month. And it'll probably suck to get tickets on StubHub in June, but maybe by July it's fixed. However, the conspiratorial version of this story is that MLB and the teams that it represents are looking to get more money out of the resale market and they think their partnership with StubHub is preventing them from doing that at the moment. And I, like, obviously, we need more information and we will keep covering this because Danny and I are some of the foremost users. Of oh, yeah. StubHub.
1: <laughs> well, St- Sunranto's show, I mean, we're an affiliate with StubHub. So, I it was one of the things I tweeted is like, I will no longer promote this product. I can't do it in good faith. Like, you know, I it, because I, I'm looking for other solutions. And unfortunately, those other companies are worse. They I are mean, worse. not worse, but like, like they're harder they,
0: to use. They're harder to
1: use. They pay. I mean, a lot of people will tell you. And I, I did sign up for a vivid seats because uh, I don't care uh, affiliation as well. So I, I have that as well. But I'm like, looked up that information. I'm like, well, this is worse. And they don't give you seat numbers either. Like this is an opportunity, you know, for somebody, another company, maybe to step up. But then maybe you have to deal with MLB's lawsuits. It's got to be MLB. But when the Cubs say something like I, I pressed Crane Kenny on this one time. Because I was asking about the blackouts, the MLB blackouts that everybody hates. And he's like, well, you know, that's not us. That's an MLB thing. And I was like, you are MLB. You are, I mean, Cubs are one of the 30 MLB teams. Like, if you 30 teams can't at least... Come to some sort of consensus and be like hey everybody hates this one thing let's let's fix it the cubs are like they're not allowed to just throw up their hands Be like well that's mlb i'm like you're the one of the most profitable teams in the mlb if anybody can throw their weight around it's you and they and they don't do it they just oh no the pirates won't do it so we can't we can't do it sorry guys we're gonna screw you for 20 years straight and this is just smells of that because nothing they've ever done has been fan friendly it's always to pick our pockets and this is no different. So guess what? I'm not going to go. I'm going to go hang out with Ballhawk Dave and have just as good of a time as he tells me what's happening in the game by the sound of it. He's like, oh, <laughs> that's a double. Oh, that's a strikeout. Oh, he grounded out the third. Like Ballhawk Dave knows by the side of the play. I'm just going to listen to him. I'll watch the highlights later. We'll come on the show, talk all about it. Like, you know, or I mean, and to be frank at this point, nobody's going to these Cubs games. It's not that popular of a thing to do. It has not been packed. Maybe if the weather's really good and it's Saturday or whatever, it'll be packed. But mostly, you can just get the cheapest single and sit wherever the hell you want. So it's not going to affect me that much right now as far as being able to attend and just get into the ballpark. But I am never, like, I'm looking at a listing right now. Section 204, which is way up in the uh, left field corner, uh, it says, No row, there are 12 tickets available for 20 bucks a piece plus fees. You get an aisle seat. Well, of course. Which but aisle? we don't know we don't know which aisle. We have no idea. Now the that, aisle
0: where you can see or the aisle where you can't see.
1: Yeah. And exactly. So 204, it's a large section. Like you could be seriously in possibly one of the furthest away seats from home plate in the ballpark. At the, like even further than the bleachers or the upper deck in many cases, you know? And that would—that's what they could be selling you: twelve tickets in the worst row in the ballpark, behind two poles.
0: Well, there's not poles in section 204, but that's everything true. else you said is 205
1: true. 205 it starts right, yeah. Or something because like that. the yeah. the
0: 204 to 200 and like the one the and on the other side like 228 to 232 or whatever, those are the new sections that they added uh, with construction that are not under the grandstand. So they actually don't have poles in them. I actually like sitting in both of those sections because you get a lot of sun in a day game. Um, but I, I am with you on the, like the difference between sitting in row 24 and sitting in row three is, is pretty stark in those sections, depending oh, on absolutely. what you're looking for. But Danny. And have-
1: those, those are traditionally, uh, g- uh, group tickets, by the way. Yes. Anytime I've bought group tickets, those are the sections that they sell last, um, So, and they're opaque. The Cubs are opaque. You can't pick your seats on the Cubs, on Cubs.com too. And it's really a shame. I actually yelled at them during COVID that I couldn't bring my mother to the game because you wouldn't tell me what after, well, the only time you've ever been able to pick your seats at Wrigley field was during the pod situation in 2021, when they first opened. Which
0: was great, by the way. Which was was great. great. You could see exactly where you were going to sit and you could grab yourself a ticket. I mean, I... You can do that at other ballparks. That is something the Cubs choose to do deliberately. Like I, Mm because when I go to a White Sox game, I can pick exactly which seats I want in the section. I can do that when I go, like I've looked at other parks when I've been visiting them and you can pick exactly the seats that you want in the section that you want. You can see what row you're in. You can pick, you know, you see, they, they put some limitations on it, right? Like if they have four tickets together, you can't buy three of them and leave a single. But like you can see the tickets that are available and you can just grab the ones that the exact ones you want. Uh, the Cubs do not let you do that. The only way to get any sort of control over that is if you live by the park and you walk to the box office and tell them exactly what you want and you can sort of dictate rows and those types of things when you talk to the box office yeah. person, depending on what is available. But yeah, I agree with you. That is one of the things I cannot stand about buying Cubs tickets. Let's talk about this one Orioles game though. We're going to have a lot of stuff to say about StubHub as this goes on. And I think that we're going to just get more information as the update rolls out and they fix whatever bugs they've got. And we see what the actual changes are here that they're not going to move and negotiate on. Uh, the Orioles are the worst team in the AL East by a lot, and they, they trounced the Cubs. They, they beat the Cubs 9-3. to uh, Keegan Thompson decided to regress like his entire season and all of the miracle, like, he's got an ERA under two type of stuff that we knew was due for regression, but he decided to do it all in one game. There were seven home runs in this game. A lot of them came off Cubs pitching. It was super wet. I'm very grateful no one got hurt. Danny it's one game like one game can, you know, anything can happen. The Cubs can score 21 runs like you never know, but like who, I don't know. This was kind of depressing to watch the Orioles just beat up the Cubs.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to throw it in the garbage. This one, uh, we had Heather Lannington Noble on the Sun Ranto show. And she, she uh, was talking about she's a huge Orioles fan. I think she writes on a blog too. Um, she uh, said that she's really excited about this Orioles squad. She thinks they're a year away from the playoffs with some of the players that we saw play, and she's excited about the future for this team. And uh, especially, be, be, this is this is who the expanded playoffs are 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 for. <laughs> it seems like the Orioles that they can sneak into something and maybe win a series once they got there. But um, we saw. It. I mean, how many home runs did they hit? It was all different guys too. Well, they,
0: seven in the game, but some of those were Cubs home runs because Christopher Morell and Wilson Contreras Murrell. also went, went deep and they went deep over that left field wall that we were telling you to keep an eye on because it was keeping balls in the park and it could not contain either Christopher Morel or Wilson Contreras. So good luck left field wall
1: or Mullins, Mancini, Mateo, <laughs> Hayes, Urias. Uh, I mean, so yeah, they hit a lot more. So she's really excited about this squad and this is a team that's in last place with this with now a b- better record than the Cubs. They're 24 and 33 to the Cubs 23 and 33. Actually, they might have gone on one yesterday, I don't know. But um uh, I think they went to Kansas City, but uh my my point being is they're a bad team in a really good division. Like there's not this is there's no slouch in this division. None.
0: None. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look, compare it to the central, the Cubs, 23 and 33 smells a lot different than the Orioles. I'm like, Ooh, they won 24 games against some pretty good teams. Like they, they swept Boston.
0: Well, the Boston Red Sox. So as a middling, yeah. Yeah. The Red Sox have been one of these up and down teams. Like when they are good, they are very, very good. And when they are bad, they are horrid. I think they're actually on a seven or eight game, or I think they lost last night. They were on like a seven game winning streak prior Streaky. to that that brought them back into contention and had them finally with Van playoffs on odds over 50% for the first time since like the first week in the season so I don't know what to make of that Red Sox team sometimes they look like they could get pull it all together and they're one piece away from getting it done and Chris Sale could come back and everything looks great and other times they look like the Cubs man I'm not gonna lie so it's it's a very strange team to watch these days but Outside of the outside of the all? Red Sox, we saw the Rays. The Rays are obviously a very good baseball team. They've got a lot of young talent. Wander Franco's over there. Randy Arozarena's over there. They 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 are relentless. They just keep coming at you. Shane McClanahan is an excellent pitcher. Uh, the Yankees have been the best team in baseball so far this season. I mean, I guess the Dodgers occasionally could take that mantle too, but it's it's very much like we're about to go see a Yankees team that is not playing around, and I. I fear for the Chicago Cubs as they head into (laughs) the Bronx to take on (laughs) the Yankees team. And then you've got the blue Jays who frankly like are underperforming by a lot, but I think this blue Jays team has a ton of talent, right? And I, I think they're going to be better than what they've shown so far. So that division is rough and you are absolutely right. The Orioles record and the Cubs records may look the same in terms of the number of games won and lost, but the, the, strength of schedule, the strength of competition that those two teams are facing could not be more different.
1: Yeah. And they're excited because they got somebody like Rutschman coming up now. And even though he's gotten off to a slow start in his career, he's brand new. And, uh, but he's one of the top prospects in baseball. And then you've got a few veterans kind of placed around them you got some exciting pitching prospects coming up I guess that they've totally overhauled that system the one that ruined Jake Arietta. so or made him bitter for the rest of his career he never had a good word to say about the Orioles from then on and but um but yeah I think you might be seeing something out of this team and they've got good players and it's funny because Pat Hughes called them the Cubs are losing to the lowly Baltimore Orioles. And I was like, dude, you do know we have the same record. Like You're calling the Cubs lowly and even more lowly because of the things we just talked about. I mean, so yeah, this game got out of hand, but you know, it's like Thompson was due for a stinker. He was yeah. just due. I mean, they're asking a lot of this kid. He comes in as a, as kind of a long swing man. And now he's just in the rotation by default and they're trying to stretch him out, but you know, he hasn't gone more than how many pitches Uh, in the seven. 70- yes. Oh, yeah. Because he went he was in this like 40, 40 pitches, 50 pitches. Then they're stretching about 60 pitches, 70, 89 and then 50. So I don't know. Something something fell off there. I don't. Did he mention what he thought it was?
0: On the pitch count or on something else?
1: No, different. no. Like, did, was there any talk? Like, I think people just threw that game in the garbage and I forgot about it. I actually didn't
0: even watch the post-game interviews for this one. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I was kind of like, Seven and runs. that game is over.
1: Three <laughs> like, home runs. He he's giving up the long ball.
0: It, it wasn't great. Like, I was just like, and I'm not. I'm done with that baseball game. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's kind of, I don't think there's going to be much of a post-mortem on this one, but I think everybody just chalks it up to Keegan Thompson had his first stinker of the year. Hopefully it's something that's not going to last and uh, we'll see because we're, we, we, unfortunately the, (laughs) the hopes of the 2022 Cubs are pinned on Mr. Keegan Thompson performing in the rotation.
0: Yep, we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we are going to talk about how the Cubs and Wilson Contreras avoided arbitration and preview a three-game set with the Yankees and the Bronx. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. All right, Uh, so some good news first. I was real nervous about what was going to happen at Wilson Contreras' arbitration hearing, which was scheduled for yesterday. Arbitration is kind of one of these things where each team files where they're at, right? So like for in Wilson's case, he filed at ten point two one, two, five million or something like that. The Cubs filed at 9 million, which meant they were like a little over a million dollars apart. And then you go into a room with an arbitrator and yes, the player is there. And a bunch of lawyers tell you all the things that you've done wrong and why they don't owe you this extra million dollars. And Wilson's lawyer says all the things Wilson's done. Right. And why the Cubs do in fact owe him an extra million dollars. I tend to think that Wilson would have won that argument based on all of the things that we have talked about multiple times on this show, but It is nice that they were able to avoid arbitration. They met right in the middle, so Wilson will make $9.625 million this season, and he doesn't have to hear all the bad things the Cubs have to say about him, which, in my opinion, at least makes it more likely that they could talk about other things. They have had a conversation about money. Why not have another conversation about the amount of money it would take to keep Wilson in blue pinstripes for the rest of his career? Um, Alternatively, it gives some clarity if they are, in fact, shopping him on the trade market. Now teams know what he is owed. Danny, what is your take on the Cubs and Wilson Contreras avoiding arbitration?
1: I mean, yeah, I guess it's good that they avoided it it's a step in the right direction. Uh, I, I don't know why this couldn't have happened before <laughs> you know, it's just like that night one's at nine, one's at 10.25. They find the midpoints and they get it done. Like why it took this long to do. Uh, maybe it was holding over an extension kind of talk, but I, I mean, I, I, the, the total optimist in me was kind of hoping or the like the hopeful uh, me was was thinking that maybe the Cubs would be like, all right, Wilson, here's your arbitration uh, along with the giant extension. Like we're going to do this right now. As long as we're getting together, let's extend. And that didn't happen. So it's just like, I feel like we're right back where we were, which is, you know, like you said, just now the other teams will know what they got to take on when we trade them.
0: Yeah, I, I of of like,
1: million or whatever I kinda it feel will be. like
0: that's what it is, too. But a, a girl can hope. A girl can hope that they'll just continue talking and be like, so what if we paid you? million over the next six years to just stay a Cub. How would you feel about that? I'd be pretty happy if they wanted to have that conversation. Speaking of Wilson Contreras, all-star balloting is open. You can vote five times a day per email address that you have. So, you know, vote early, vote often. Chicago, Wilson Contreras absolutely deserves to be an all-star this year pretty sure he's the only cub that really deserves to be an all-star this year. I, I would have voted for Seiya Suzuki a while ago, but he's had so much time on the IL. It's hard to do that. Christopher Morell is not on the ballot because he didn't get called up in time to be on the ballot. So he's in that same situation uh, we were with when we were all trying to petition to get Albert Almora on the ballot. The one time he had a good start to his season. Um, so if morell makes it, he will make it on the graciousness of the managers and the players vote, not on The fans vote, but Wilson, you can vote for Wilson Contreras. You can do it right now, and he is far and away the best offensive catcher in the league.
1: Yeah, the other cub I would vote for, uh, personally. Well, voting for Wilson does two things. You you got to beat Yachty, and because he's going to get a lot of votes because they're on the ARP tour and everything. But the other person on that team that probably doesn't deserve. To be an all-star, and they're probably going to make him an all-star anyway, is Albert Pujols, who's batting 215 with four home runs. So I don't want to hear about it that he deserves to be there. But a lot of Cardinal fans are going to stuff the ballot box with that situation. And the Cubs for DH <laughs> have Rafael Ortega, so who actually has an I higher OPS than um Albert Pujols. So I'm going to encourage everybody to vote Rafael Ortega because we have the numbers, Cub fans. Vote, vote, vote. Rafael Ortega. He doesn't deserve it, but it'd be hilarious when Pujols uses, uh, loses to him. Pretty Are you sure, with me?
0: I'm pretty sure I voted for Bryce Harper at DH. Like, Do you know what's hilarious
1: about... Harper was well,
0: better than anybody that... Like, Ortega's a, still a platoon guy. Like, I'm not voting for Ortega over Harper. Bryce
1: Harper is the only DH with good numbers. If you look at some of these quote-unquote DHs, you'd rather have the pitcher hit. Jordan oh, Luplow, totally, yeah. one seventy three average. Leplow, Max Muncy, one fifty nine. Yeah, Albert Pujols, two fifteen. Dan Vogelbach, two twenty nine. With only six dogs, seven thirty five OPS. These, I mean, Luke Voigt, two twenty six DH Puh. designated loser should be the DL. Bring back the DL and call it designated <laughs> loser. Yeah, they stink. I, the only I, one over with a batting average over three oh eight and and over ten home runs is Bryce Harper.
0: What's Bryce He's Harper's the only one. OPS? His OPS is pretty good, right?
1: Well, it's a thousand. Yeah. He's the only one. Uh, Garrett Cooper. No, William Contreras, actually. three oh four average in a 1,066. So vote for him.
0: The problem with voting for William Contreras, and I almost did because I love the Contreras brothers, and how cool would it be if both of them were starting the All-Star game? Wilson would lose his mind. It would be so fun. Uh, It's plate appearances. What they're not showing you on the ballot is the number of plate appearances these people have. And William Contreras does not have very many plate appearances. So it's weird. Like... Christopher Morel has more plate appearances than William Contreras, so it, it is weird that he is on that ballot and Morel is not. That's clearly a decision that somebody. Well,
1: the whole the it's of. it's all flawed. I mean, the All Star voting has been flawed for forever. It's and uh, you know, John Baker said it best like years ago. Cause I, we, I, we were trying to write in David Ross and everybody was like, he doesn't deserve to be in there. Uh, and and we we're like, we don't care. It's his last year. And we, uh, I think I wrote an article for bleed cubby blue about it, how we should all go for Ross. Cause I always like messing with this. Cause it's the only thing in baseball that the fans actually have any control over is all-star voting. That's it. This is the only thing and showing up to the ballpark and giving, giving them money. That's all we have control over. And, um, so I always like to, I don't know, make a mockery of it. I, I, I'm not a big all-star game fan personally. It's I like-, like
0: it for the players. Cause it celebrates them. And I like it for the players because for a lot of young guys, I mean, they get bonuses and stuff out of it and they get actual money out of it. So I like anything that celebrates the players and gets them paid. Um, there was a point in time where Pete Alonso was making more money off of winning the home run derby than he was for his actual salary from the Mets because he's oh, still a free art well- guy and making at the league minimum, and then he'd win the home run derby and make, like, three times his salary. So, like, that is a reason that baseball is fundamentally flawed, but also a reason to, like, getting your guys to the All-Star game because they get money out of it.
1: Yeah. Well, do you know what I used to do, too, is, you remember when the All-Star game used to count?
0: Oh, yeah, and, that sucked. Yeah, we had that was to play, terrible. The year that the Cubs lost home field advantage in the, playoff, in the World Series because the All-Star game had to count? That sucked.
1: Yeah, it really did. And now we won. So I'm going (laughs) to, yeah, I'm fine with it. But at, at the same time, I used to, what I used to do and encourage, I'm like strategically use your vote. Everybody vote for, don't just vote all Cubs like back when it counted vote for the team that you can think can win. And national league voters and American league voters should be stuffing the ballot box with the worst possible players from the other squad that you don't want to win because you want the your league to have home field advantage like that is just using your vote strategically at that point but nobody did it and like you know my my fresh <laughs> uh, election ideas never really took off but um yeah but so- it is true.
0: The reason that doesn't work is because a lot of people have AL teams, Danny. Like, I don't want the Red Sox to not have players in the All-Star game. I wanted Poppy in those All-Star games. Like, I wanted to see good Red Sox players there. But uh, I digress. Speaking of the Red Sox and the AL East, the Cubs are playing some games against the AL East this year. And and one of the teams they're going to play against this week is the New York Yankees. Uh, three games against the Yankees. Probable pitchers for the Cubs are cu- currently all listed as TBD, but we have we can read some tea leaves here. Uh, RotoWire roster resource over at Fangraphs. Some other places have all kind of reported who- that Steele and Swarmer are going to get these first two starts. Possibly Stroman in the third game. Notably, Kyle Hendricks has not pitched for like a week and a half. And I Al has an interesting piece up looking at what's going on with Kyle Hendricks. I, I think you should take a look at it. There's a couple of things interesting there. One. Um, He's not throwing a sinker as much. He's throwing his four seam. And uh, in the comments there, some of our commenters who are really smart and quite, quite good at talking about baseball um, were noting that his sinker no longer gets lefties out. Like he used to get a lot of deception off that sinker changeup combo. and, And he hasn't been able to pull that off for about a season now. So his sinker was getting hammered by lefties and he stopped throwing it to them, which is why that four seam usage is up. But the four seam isn't a very good pitch. So that's getting hammered by lefties too which I think explains why Kyle Hendricks has not pitched in a little bit because the Cubs are trying to almost, it's almost like they're using him as a platoon pitcher to try to keep him away from those left-handed lineups that can do damage against him. But he's Mm. just been sitting for like days now. And I I almost, I don't love that. Danny, what do you think of it?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be the ace of the squad at this point. And so if that's not going to work out and the, and the league has figured out how to hit him is he doesn't have the stuff to overpower you. I, I mean, if it's it, maybe it's done, I mean, it, which would really be a shame because then you'd at least wish you could get something for him and trade because he's got such a, a, an awesome pedigree and he's been such an effective pitcher over the time. Like I don't, I doubt the thing that makes me nervous is it doesn't seem like it's something he needs to kind of figure out. It's more that they figured out him and he's out of tricks. (laughs) That's what makes me nervous. Maybe he, I don't know, maybe he comes up with a new 85 mile per hour screwball or something. I don't know what he does, but it's got to be something because it hasn't been good for a while now. Last year was just terrible. One of the, gave up the long ball more than a lot of pitchers. Um, Yeah, it's. It's yeah, disconcerting. It's how many more years is he on this team? Like two, it's it's two more. Like year, this,
0: this year and next year, I think, are the, is the end of his contract. I can't remember if there's All an right. option or not. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens, keeping Probably. tabs on that. But it, in the meantime, looks like Justin Steele will get the start tonight. Matt Swarmer is going to get his third start. We'll see how he does. With that uh, sink uh, sinker, that slider that he has been lineup. using fifty two percent of the time against a Yankees lineup that can mash, as you will hear when we get to our hot hitters, and then probably Marcus Stroman uh, for the third game. Here, the Yankees are going to counter with Severino, Montgomery, and Tyon. Danny, what do you see in these matchups?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> they get all their starting pitchers are better than our starting pitchers. That's for, that's for sure. Um, yeah, every single one of these guys, uh, it, Luis Severino is having a great year ERA under three ninety five. uh, one, a one whip. He went seven innings of one hit ball his last time out. Uh, then you look at, uh, Jordan Montgomery, a, a lefty and, uh, he gave up 2 runs and went into the 7th against Detroit last time you know he hasn't given up more than 3 runs in any outing all year long and then you have uh, Jameson Taillon the the veteran who we kind of saw a lot more of back in the day when he was with Pittsburgh he's the only one he had his worst start of the year against Minnesota last time gave up 9 hits and 4 runs so maybe maybe we get something done against him i don't know but that was his worst outing of the year the outing before against the angels and Mr. Joe, uh, the former angel manager, Joe Madden, uh, he t- two hits, one run, eight innings pitched against the angels on June 2nd. So Cubs got their work cut out for them as far as hitting goes. Um, and one thing I'll say about the Yankee lineup, and I know you're going to get into the hot hitters. Is they're actually, even though like you, they got Aaron judge, who's like just basically hits a home run every time he bats. Um, the and the for the most part they're not blowing i mean they're like an average offense when you take home runs ops walks strikeouts you know they're not total world beaters all the time it's they just got great pitching and and capable enough hitters to win those baseball games you know so um yeah they're the yeah like you said they're the best team in baseball <laughs> pretty much um, Cubs got their work cut out for them. If, if they, if they get a win here in New York, I think you could consider that a win.
0: Yeah, Literally. I, I agree. One win. And and as sad as it will be that there will only be like, that would be like the only win of the road trip. Like I, I do think that would be a bit of a victory. Let's talk about those hot hitters you were mentioning. So the thing that sticks out to me here is that Danny is right. That the Yankees have been winning mostly on their pitching. Their bullpen is fantastic. Like that Michael King has been great. Holmes has been great. Like they have some really good pitchers in that bullpen, even with some of their bigger name guys like Geraldus Chapman struggling earlier this season. It doesn't matter. Their bullpen has been great. Um, their hot hitters have been way better than the Cubs hot hitters. So these are all of the guys on the New York Yankees who in the past month have put up a WRC plus. Over 110, ready? Uh, Aaron Judge is at 197. Giancarlo Stanton is at 143. Jose Trevino, who is the catcher that they called up from the minors, is at 130. Anthony Rizzo is at 126. DJ LeMayhew is at 124. Josh Donaldson is at 119. And Gleyber Torres is at 118. And yes, you heard me correctly. There are three people who used to be Cubs, at least Cub minor leaguers, uh, on that team who are hanging out there, just, just ready to do some damage against the Cubs. Actually, four. I forgot. LeMayhew. Lamega yeah. was also a Cub at one point in time. So uh, there you go. There you go, people. That's what the Yankees will be bringing to the Cubs. That don't entered. forget. Good luck. Good luck, Justin Steele and Matt Swarmer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the newest. Cub, actually, uh, new ex, newest ex Cub Yankee, Wilson Contreras, which is one of the Don't big you rumors dare. out there. Don't, I know. I,
0: I mean, I know, I know why that rumor exists, but I, I am, I am rooting for Jose Trevino. Cause as long as Jose Trevino stays hot, Wilson Contreras is not <laughs> going to New York.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, they they've they're just they've, they're kind of firing on all cylinders. The bullpen is one of the top. Yeah, like you said, ERA wise, they're one of the top in the major leagues, uh, top five according to ERA anyway. So, yeah, I'm just, I mean. It, luckily I'm really busy this weekend. (laughs) So uh, I've got, uh, I've got tech rehearsal. Those of you who know anything about theater know about long tech rehearsals. So I'll be kind of following some of these games from a little bit more of a far. And I have a feeling there'll be a few times this weekend. Well, where I'll look down at my phone and check out the game day and go, Hmm. Okay. Glad I'm not watching this one (laughs) or something like that, but I don't know. This squad has surprised me all year. Um, Unfortunately, Jason Hayward will probably be in the starting lineup as, as is custom on the North side of Chicago. So we'll see what we get.
0: I don't know there's a chance, say a Suzuki's finger, which it feels like it's got hurt three months ago, but it was really only two weeks ago. There isn't there a chance, say a Suzuki's finger is fine. And Jason Hayward, we can avoid Jason Hayward in the Bronx. Like that would be, although the, the, the wall is 318 feet out to right like I Jason Hayward can clear that wall anybody can clear. Danny you can probably clear that wall it's a band box over there in New York uh, the Cubs uh, have some hot hitters over the last month as well and, and I want to give a shout out to the catchers at the top PJ Higgins has actually been your WRC plus leader in the last month not the red hot Wilson Contreras he's at 169 Wilson Contreras is at 165 Christopher Morell is at 150 and his on base streak is up to 21 games which awesome. ties him for like 12th all-time on the on-base streak to start a career uh finder that I was looking at he is three games off of the modern record there which is Rocco Baldelli's 24 game streak in 2000 or I shouldn't even say modern that was like in 2003 2004 um the the next bench he'd have to clear is the 1984 Alvin Davis streak for the Red Sox which was 47 so it's quite the that's Quite the reach after you clear that 24. But I'm keeping an eye on it because you know it streaks like this are fun and Christopher Morrell is fun, and I want good things for Christopher Morel. Uh, we are not done with hot hitters. Ian Hap is a, has WRC plus of 128 over the last month. Patrick Wisdom at 115. And ever since he started using that hockey puck back, he only strikes out like 27% of the time. That's a perfectly normal and sustainable strikeout rate. Keep it up, Patrick Wisdom. I am here for it. And say a Suzuki. In the event that he comes off the injured list, has a WRC plus in the last month of 114, admittedly limited plate appearances. That would remake, I I honestly think Seiya Suzuki is the difference between the Cubs lineup that they put out against the Cardinals winning some of those games and losing some of those games. He's such a good contact that he's real good with runners in scoring position. I look at all those left on base that were sitting there Mm. in those games that ended up in the 10th, those 10th and 11th inning losses for the Cubs. And I really believe Seiya Suzuki would have been a difference maker there.
1: I can't believe he was day to day for like a week. And we're like, oh, he's going to be, he he could take a pinch hit today. And then now he's just out like the month. And you're like, what happened? Like, did he re hurt his finger? Like, I don't know what's going on. Are they hiding him? They're just like, oh, we're not going to compete this year. Let's just let him sit here, learn the game that we play here. And then he's going to come out. Like, I don't know what they're doing. the same thing with the, uh, with the tickets. (laughs) It's like the tickets, Suzuki. It's all just Hayward. It's all big mystery to me.
0: Well, Suzuki, I think they're just being overly cautious. I I really believe that you know he probably could have come back for that first game in the Orioles series, or maybe even played in the Cardinals series. And if the Cubs were in a pennant race or something, he he might have played in yeah. some of those games. But it's his first year; he's making adjustments. They need him to be great for the next four seasons, four and a half seasons that he is with this team. He's what they want to build around and. They're just not going to rush him at all, which means that if there is any swelling, if there is any tenderness, if he felt his finger twinge on a swing, <laughs> like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, we're done. So yeah. I think that's sort of where we're at.
1: Yeah, I, I think with all these guys, I mean, I think that's what you're seeing, even out of uh, the Kyle Hendricks situation. It's just like we're gonna, we're not, we're not playing this in any sort of way to win. We're playing this. We got the long game going on right now, which, for better or for worse, uh, is still quite expensive to watch at Wrigley Field. <laughs> so <laughs> that's definitely for worse.
0: Well, Danny, these games are not at Wrigley Field. They're uh, at the new the Yankee Bronx. Stadium in the Bronx, and I will be watching them on my TV set. Uh, where where can people find you as you're watching them or not watching them and just tweeting about StubHub?
1: Yeah, I I will not be watching too many of these games. Um yeah, just at SunRanto, S O N R A N T O will be going live on Sunday night uh talking about some of these Yankees games and um hopefully I have at least one one win to report on and the next time we talk we'll have some sort of optimism for the future.
0: That as would opposed
1: be to- this show.
0: <laughs> that would that would be great. Uh we might just change the name of this show to Ennui katuli because that Danny and I are a sea of Anwi. Uh you can find me and my baseball takes at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find everything from this podcast, including the references that we talk about here, tweeted out at the at Cup of Cubby Blue account. And you can find us wherever we you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a review. So other people can find the podcast if by some miracle the Cubs win one of these games in the Bronx, or maybe even two of them. I I don't know. Dream big. uh, You will hear about it here on cup of cubby blue until next time.